Hello, this is Dave Brooks, uh, who writes the Granite Geek column at the Concord Monitor, and I'm here with my uh, weekly podcast to talk about what's in my column. Uh, it's August, and no one's around, so basically I'm here by myself this week. You'll just have to put up with me. So my column this week is about a conference that's going on, uh, wrapping up today, as a matter of fact, at Dartmouth, and it's called 3D Printing, an Interdisciplinary Additive Manufacturing Symposium. And it's a very technical uh, gathering of all sorts of scientists, chemists and uh, material scientists and biomechanical engineers and uh, mechanical engineers, non-biomechanical, um, talking about where 3D printing is going. And I wrote about it partly because 3D printing is one of these things that has gone through this, the hype cycle. I'm sure you all know about it. So when I started writing about it years ago, it was this hot new thing. It was going to revolutionize all of you know manufacturing. And then it sort of fizzled and it turned into nothing but a thing where you could make little you know Dungeons and Dragons figurines at the library on the 3D printer they had there. And it seemed like it was kind of a bust. But what has happened, as often happens in a hype cycle, is that the reality is sort of percolated and is now kind of coming out. And it's, it's, it's actually becoming quite a big deal, even if not quite in the way we originally, manu- originally, um, originally thought. So the original idea of 3D printing was that uh, it builds up layer upon layer of material and so allows you to make things in interesting ways that you can't with other, other types of manufacturing. And it also allows you to share plans online for materials. So you can, there's all sorts of sites online where you can download files that you can use in a 3D printer to create something. And so I, I thought it was going to be, you know, in, instead of uh, a company that makes, you know, metal widgets, you'd have a company that, that uh, creates them with a 3D printer instead of by traditional methods. But that really hasn't been what has happened. What has happened instead, however, is that 3D printing has um, become a big deal in what is called in more in soft materials, in particular in um, tissue cell living material. Um, this is the... Uh, the regenerative medicine initiative that's happening down in the uh, in the Manchester Mill Yard is is really kind of built around this whole idea is using 3D printing to build up layers of actual cells and tissue and maybe someday even actual organs um, that can be you know implanted into a person or or an animal. Uh, they're pr- they're printing out, for example, skin already that can be used for burn victims. Um, and another area of soft material that 3D printing is actually starting to be interesting in, in is in robotics, but not what I think of as robotics, it's soft robotics. Is that you can print sort of squishable materials and in interesting shapes that can be used by robots so that instead of you know having great big clamps that grab things, they have soft fingers which can delicately handle things like, you know, I don't know, eggs or something like that which is another high field, another another sort of hot area in it. Um, so this conference at Dartmouth had all sorts of really technical talks that, you know, no normal human being could have understood. Uh, uh, and uh, the one I really liked was the title, Pseudopolyrotaxinades 3D Printed Implants for Traumatic Brain Injury Treatment. There's one of your medical ones. And 3D, 4D printing of architectured materials in which 4D printing is not like going into some other dimension, but uh, using materials which actually can be made to change shape after they're printed, because uh, if you apply light to them or or electricity to them, they can alter their shape, and you can use that to do interesting things after the fact. 
Uh, and one with the, uh, an intriguing title, maybe a scary title, of Robotic Morphing Material, which is that soft robotics I talked about. So anyway, uh, it was uh, an interesting uh, uh, talking. I talked to um, Cheng Fen Kei, who is a, a chemistry professor, one of the organizers of it. I hope I haven't mispronounced his name. It's a newspaper reporter. I don't ever, ever worry about pronunciation, um, just spelling. And uh, he, but he's a chemist, and he says, you know, chemists didn't used to be part of 3D printing, and now they're a big deal because materials, uh, chemically changing the material that can be used in 3D printing is, is a big thing of what's making it work. So anyway, uh, next time you're, you know, at the library or you're at your maker space and you three, see a 3D printer that's, that's being used to, you know, to, to make a little plastic doodad, uh, just realize that there are lots of really interesting things that are happening with this uh, this technology, and uh, it has it has gone through the hype cycle, and it has finally finally come to fruition. So I'm Dave Brooks, uh, interviewing myself uh, for the uh, the Granite Geek podcast uh, with the Concord Monitor. You can read more about it at ConcordMonitor.com, or you can read uh, all my stuff at GraniteGeek.org. That's GraniteGeek one word dot o r g. Uh, and you can uh, subscribe to this podcast, which comes out every week on Stitcher, Google Music, Podbean, or iTunes. And the little the music is a little smartphone people by the Spidekicks. That's S P I E D K I K S. Thanks. <laughs>